Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah. And a most welcome cup of coffee it is this morning, too. Today is Tuesday, January 7th, 2020. <laughs> I'm hopeful 2020 will be a better year. It's been an interesting first week so far, right? I uh, did try running on the treadmill this morning for the first time since I blew up my knee before Christmas. Um, there was, did not work. <laughs> um, it's a lot better, but um, yeah, the jarring of the running was, didn't work really well. But I did um, do some fast walking. So we're getting there. Easing it along. Um, but I am feeling so lumpy and sedentary. So, it's been a interesting 24 hours. Making good progress on fate. Those final scenes will be done soon. In fact, I was supposed to mention yesterday and I got totally distracted, but um, even though I am probably not going to make the 15th, I'm, I'm not going to make the 15th. Who am I kidding? Today's the 7th. Uh, it should still be out by the end of January, but we are going to send out uh, one of my dispatches from Jeffy's Closet at the end of this week. And we are going to put the finished first chapter in there. At least the first chapter. Yeah, probably the first chapter. Maybe more. If you guys make a bid for more, I'll do more. But, um, so we're doing a subscriber push this week. If you are not subscribed to the newsletter, see that you get on there. Um, I posted on Facebook about it too and was surprised that a couple of people said hey how can I get an arc of this and you know it's it's really you have to sign up <laughs> uh, we do have a list that uh, assistant Kareen maintains of sort of you know it's our reviewer list and so Corrine sends out an email when I have something upcoming, usually several months ahead, you know, and she'll say, okay, in January, we're going to be looking at this release and, you know, who wants a review copy and who wants to do a spotlight, who wants to do an interview. And so that's really the way to find out is to be on that list. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that's how we keep track of things and, and she does, does do a limited number of review slots so as to sort of keep that um, targeted within specs, as it were. I, I treat this as I do any of my trad publishing stuff, you know, use pretty much the same models that they do. I don't, uh, you know, the whole giving away infinite review copies thing never made sense to me. So, so yeah, if you... um are not on the reviewer list, you know, ping Corrine. You can, uh, if you send a message through the website form, she'll see that. Ask to be on the reviewer list. And I, I think she's all out of review slots for this time, but there will be for next time. 
And if you don't describe to my newsletter, the dispatches from Jeffy's Closet, then it would be great if you did. And we'll, um, we're slipping some freebies into there. So, yesterday, um, sort of part of this whole ongoing RWA situation, I, um, I finally, that I apologize if I get emotional about this because I still have an emotional hangover about this. But I talked with Sarah, Agent Sarah, about several things and made some good plans. But I also decided to pull my books from the Rita contest. And it was not something that I did lightly. And it, it was not something I wanted to do. Um, I have been a passionate advocate of the Rita contest for, um, I think I've been submitting books to it since like 2009, you know, over 10 years. And since I've been publishing romance fiction. And I'm a believer in the Rita, and the Rita has been good to me. You know, I've been a finalist twice and won my Rita. In fact, I should get a picture of this because. Even as I speak, the sun is coming in the window and shining on my lovely golden Rita. She's, I, I sometimes refer to her as my golden idol. <laughs> okay, you guys will be amused by that picture. <laughs> I'll put it on the, uh, the podcast for today. So... Uh, it was also wrenching for me because not only do I believe in the Rita's, but I believe in my books, and um, particularly the Orchid Throne being the first in this new series. I felt like the Orchid Throne had a really good chance to be a finalist, and I wanted that for the book, and I wanted it for all of the people who worked on the book. And so it was, yeah, it was sad. It was sad to pull it out. Uh, I also believe strongly in being a judge. I have always judged every year, even if I did not have a book in the contest. And I felt really bad for all of the authors whose books came out in 2019, that just because there was fuckery on the board and with the staff, that a whole year's worth of books would go unrecognized. So I made the decision. I wrote RWA and I wrote them a letter, which I posted to Facebook and Twitter. Um, and I sent it to select staff and board members who I know well. And I said, shame on you for what you have brought us to. And I had thought that for a while that if I pulled my books that I would not do so publicly because I have a real issue with virtue signaling. And I have an issue with people who use uh, social injustice events as a way to elevate their own image. Uh, I don't feel like 
fighting for the rights of other people should be something that you do for personal aggrandizement. And there are people who do that. And there are certainly people whose, you know, like Twitter brand is all about calling out <laughs> injustices of every variety. And it's good to call out injustice. It's good to fight for the rights of other people. Um, I have a problem when it becomes all about, oh, me, me, me. It's the same reason why I don't like um, charity anthologies. It's like if you want to give money to a charity, if you want to give money to you know, the help with the fighting the wildfires in Australia, if you want to donate money to this cause or another, then do, but don't make it part of your marketing plan. Um, there's just something so unsavory about that. So I very nearly didn't say anything publicly because I did not want to make it be about me. But um, Agent Sarah had made a good point that withdrawing my books, sorry about this, was an opportunity for me to say something. And so that's why I wrote my very strongly worded letter and addressed it to people that I knew would know that it was me talking to them. And it was funny because I thought I was kind of over it. I did off my posting and I thought, okay, well, it's done. And I have taken a public stand on this. And then I had to get on a phone call with um, Mary Robinette Kowal, president of CEFA right now, because I needed to talk to her about something else. And she <laughs> that woman has incredibly narrow windows of availability, let me tell you. <laughs> so I told her about it because I said, well, I want you to be aware that I did do this and I did do it publicly and I you know, made an announcement and I shared my letter with everyone on social media and I said I tried to make clear that it would not blow back on it shouldn't blow back on Sappho because I tried to make it clear that I was speaking as for myself as author of my books and as a member of RWA who is very disappointed in RWA. So, you know, I didn't want to be um, a director at large at Sappho criticizing uh, another writer's organization. So anyway, I was telling Mary Robinette that, and then I started crying. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's an emotional thing. But, <laughs> so then, a few hours later, after I did all this, we got an email, um, probably around 5 o'clock my time, and I did all of this at, let's see, I talked to Sarah at 1.30. So I did all of this at like um, 2.30, 3 o'clock. And so it was just a couple of hours later, we got an email that the board had convened and taken an emergency vote, and they have canceled Doritos for this year. So if I were inclined towards um, solipsism... <laughs> <laughs> which I suppose I am to some extent, I would say that it was because of me, um, which, of course, it wasn't. I know that a lot of people pulled their entries over the weekend and recused themselves from judging. 
So I imagine that they hit a tipping point. But I like to, um, it makes me feel better to think that uh, by by doing that, that I lent my weight to it. Um, it's it's like the first, it's the first, it's the first decent call they've made since this thing began. And it was interesting because the email they sent is actually sane and reasonable. So it's like, I don't know who wrote it, but somebody else is taking the wheel, you know, and thank God for that. Uh, so maybe things will start to get repaired now. And they said in the email that they um, will, this is exactly what I was hoping, and I had said this to Sarah, and she didn't think it was likely, but that next year in 2021 that they will do the redes for both 2019 and 2020 books, which is absolutely the right thing to do. Um, you know, because I really did feel bad for the people who had, you know, especially first books this year, you know, the first time that they were eligible, you know, to lose that year when you could maybe get best first book, because I know people who have won, well, Dorinda Jones won best first book when she did not win any of the genre categories, um, you know, and that's a, an opportunity that comes once, like losing your virginity, right? You know, it should be special. So, Hopefully they will get that handled, and that is how things will play out. And I really hope that um, Orchid Throne gets a chance to to be recognized, because I think it's a good book. So, yeah, I um, was not at all interested in, in the optics of making a stand but for me the fundamental reason came down to that they didn't seem to be listening to anything else we were saying uh, some and I said this in my letter yesterday you know a notice went up that they plan to have a regular board meeting on January 12th <laughs> as if the board hadn't resigned on mass and that a president that's received a petition for his recall um, is appointing people willy-nilly to the board. <laughs> They're going to have a board meeting, and there was nothing on the agenda about this. Uh, to be fair, there was not much detail on the agenda at all. But, you know, it's like this agenda went up as if, <laughs> like, everything is normal, and it's not. Um, and then they also had the notice saying that they um, – had received the t petition and could take until January 20th to verify signatures and then another month to make a decision. So obviously with Rita books going out in the next week, uh, we could not wait for that. So that was why I pulled my books was I didn't, I couldn't support the organization uh, by being in it and that seems to be like the one thing that they listen to uh, enough people withdrew and you know maybe enough high profile people withdrew you know if you get the people who have been the um, you know I don't give myself I don't think I'm all that special I have one Rita but you know 
when you have people who are at the have been finalists and Rita winners saying that we can't good conscience participate, then maybe that, you know, is attention getting. And I'm sure they reached a tipping point where there were not enough judges to, um, I don't know. Some people have said that they think it's because they didn't have enough judges, but you know, if you, if you're withdrawing the books as well as the judging, um, you know, it's, it stays roughly equivalent, I would think. So, so that was my thing. Um, it's <laughs> way too much uh, drama for, for me. Um, so then the other thing, let's talk about something else, shall we? I did a little bit of re-watching of The Witcher last night. We have watched the whole thing. And... I went back and rewatched the first three episodes last night. And it was interesting because a lot of people had noted on social media saying that the show really picks up after the first three episodes. And I had felt the same way. I just couldn't quite get into it. I knew I liked it and I wanted to keep going. But there was I was trying to decide what it is about those first three episodes that doesn't quite gel. And going back and watching them again... They're great. I mean, all the storytelling is there. And now that I know what happens with all of these characters, everything makes perfect sense. But there's something about the organization of the story that they just weren't quite giving us enough to dig into. And I'm going to be thinking about this more because I think it's a very good study in storytelling. I mean, obviously, they gave us enough that it's become a successful series and we all stuck with it. So, you know, that's one measure of success, right? But I'm wondering what it was. There was something about that rotating storytelling in the beginning where you couldn't quite figure out. I think it wasn't clear what the story was. Uh, and I'm kind of thinking about this as I talk. You know, they, they went with sort of an episodic nature. So there's a little bit of the monster of the week in each episode. And so you're following the Witcher. But then there's also this bigger story arc that's being threaded in there. And the first time you watch it, you're like, well, okay, so the hunchback girl is training to be a sorceress. But why do we care about her? What does this have to do with... Geralt of Rivia going around and slaying monsters. And once you watch the whole thing, you totally get it. Uh, and the same way with uh, Queen Calantha and Princess Cirilla. You know, it's like, oh, okay, now we understand what story you're telling us. But somehow they didn't quite tie it from the beginning so that we understood why we were watching these other pieces alongside of what seemed to be the main story. It's a good study in storytelling. Um, and, uh, of course, this show just came out right before Christmas, right? And I've never read the original books or played the game. But it's funny that there is Queen, they say Calantha in the show, but it's spelled exactly the same as My Kingdom in the Orca Throne and the Fiery Crown, Calanthe. Uh, which, when I came up with that name, I and I did it by looking at the Greek. Um, 
<laughs> I didn't find it anywhere else. And I went through this whole thing with Jennifer Estep because when she read the arc in order to blurb it, she said, oh, no, I have a character named um, Calanthe also. And we were talking about how it's funny how the mass mind works that way. That's something that's been kind of, you know, forgotten or lost all of a sudden begins to pick up and surface again. And so she changed her character name to Calandry just so that there wouldn't be an overlap between us, which was very gracious of her. I told her she didn't have to, and she was like, oh, I think it's better. So, and now here is uh, Queen Calanthe and the successful show, The Witcher. But, um, you know, Orchid's Room came out a long time before The Witcher did. Um, so they stole it from me. I should demand royalties. <laughs> so I am going to get to work. Uh, sorry for the emotion. But we get emotional about our books, right? Put invest a lot in them. So hopefully this will mark a turning point and RWA will get its everlasting shit together, right? So say we all. So I will remind you all that first cuff cup blah blah blah. First cup of coffee as part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find other podcasts you will love in the romance community, which is still strong, despite all of this, at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.